Today's message has been brought to you by Faith Family Church in Billings, Montana. For more information, visit faithfamilybillings.com. This is the last one in this series, so I'm going to try to blow through the review as quickly as possible. Um, first, I want to read to you our main text, so you guys can turn there, and that's 2 Peter chapter 1, 2 through 10, and I'm going to read that again really quick. And we are talking about fruitfulness. And I just want to encourage you with this. We're growing. You are growing. If you are going after the Lord and spending time with the Lord and then applying the word and applying what he's saying to you, you are growing. So be encouraged. Because sometimes we don't see the growth in our own life. Right? But we're growing. Amen? So believe that. So in 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 2, it says, Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and the Lord Jesus, and of Jesus our Lord. As his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue. Aren't you glad that we have everything that we need that pertains to life and godliness? Hallelujah. By which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in this world through lust. But also for this very reason, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, to your virtue knowledge, to knowledge self-control, to self-control perseverance, to perseverance godliness, to godliness brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness love. For if these things are yours and abound, you will be neither barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ, For he who lacks these things is short-sighted, even to blindness, and has forgotten that he was purged from his old sins. Therefore, brethren, be even more diligent to make your calling and election sure. For if you do these things, you will never stumble. Right? So in uh, the first thing that we looked about, or looked at, just quick review, is um, John 15, 4 through 8, and it talks about abiding in the vine, right? That you can do nothing apart from him. To abide in him is to habitually keep his commandments, obeying his word, and following his precepts. You've made a habit out of it. It's what you do, right? You've made a habit out of keeping his word, following his word and his leading. The one who abides in him is the one who remains in him, makes his home in him. And, and, it, and it also says in John 15, like, like I just said, that without him you can do nothing. We have to understand that. Now we can, it's not saying you can't, you know, go to work and you can't do any of these things but anything you don't do anything without him that is kingdom advancement that's fruitful in that sense this the fruit that he has designed for you in life you have to do being connected to the vine he is the vine you think you you have we have to get in our mind that that apart from him We can do nothing. That's why we talked about a few weeks back that we operate in the gifts through a foundation of love, right? Because we went and we looked through 1 Corinthians um, 
the chapters in there that we're to pursue love, that um, you can have, you know, tongues of men and of angels and faith and all these things and, and give yourself to, uh, to be burned, but without love, it profits nothing. So we looked at that, and we are connected to the vine who is love, right? Um, fruitfulness totally depends on our fellowship with Christ and our response to that fellowship. A disciple must be fully connected to his divine source to produce for eternity. So, um, you know, I have brought this all down to we have a responsibility and we have one. And then out of that main one, which is seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things are added unto you. If we could just get really good at spending time with God and knowing God, right? And uh, listening to him and, and obeying him and just, I mean, that relationship, that fellowship. If we can just get really good at that and listening to what he's telling us to do, we'll be where we need to be when we need to be there, right? So we just get really good at that. And who doesn't want to just get good at being with God, right? Because God is good. It's good to be with God. I never go away from spending time with the Lord and feel dry and sad and down. If you do, you're not doing it right. Even when he has correction for you in your time with him. If you, are, if you are correctly have that relationship between you and your father, then you don't leave worse than when you went in, all right? You leave better. You leave built up, right? And so um, it's important to be in the vine. Um, in verses, uh, one week we look, looked at verses 2 through 3, knowledge, that um, this is experiential knowledge, a relational word. And 2 through 3 talks about grace and peace multiplied to you in the knowledge of God. And knowledge is not just mental assent. It's not just knowing something. In fact, um, it's a relational word. It's experienced reality. It actually is to know or have knowledge is not to be intellectually informed about some abstract principle, but to apprehend and experience reality. Knowledge, listen to this, is not the possession of information, but rather its exercise of actualization. And one of my favorites that we looked at, First John, you don't have to turn there, but I'm going to read it to you because we can know how well we know God. We can know if we're knowing God. If we know God, it says in 1 John chapter 1, verse 3, now by this we know that we know him if we keep his commandments. So there's action to knowing God. It's not just, oh, I know what this scripture says, but it's actually putting action to the word that is in you. The word that you're reading, the word. You have to apply the word of God to your life. And that is how we know that we know him. It says, he who says, I know him and does not keep his commandments is a liar and the truth is not in him. Man. So if I want to know that I know God, I've got some action to put to my Christianity, my relationship, right? Um, it says in verse 5, but whoever keeps his word truly, the love of God is perfected in him. By this we know that we are in him. He who says he abides in him ought also, or ought himself also to walk just as he walked. 
It's interesting that, you know, we read the Ephesians prayers, we read this here, we read um, <clears throat> even in Peter. Do you, do you see a common theme throughout all of this? It is the love of God. It is foundation. And the love of God deals with our character. Character and what we express, an expression of the love of God in us is a big deal to God. Character is a big deal, right? And so we talked about that. Um, and then last week, first John, or excuse me, verse five of Second Peter, but also for this re very reason, giving all diligence. Remember, all diligence or diligence means to do something with intense effort and motivation, with quick movement, and is in opposition to the attitude of slothfulness. Or being lazy. Intense effort. We ought to apply ourselves to it as a thing to be accomplished. Having added on your part every intense effort for these things that we're going to read here. Every intense effort. We go towards things. We have a lot of intense effort towards a lot of things. But our most intense effort is to be put toward these characteristics. These things that, that Peter is talking about right here are very, very important. And so last week, um, we looked at a few and we'll go over it. But we're to add to our faith with intense effort. We're, our faith is, um, we're supposed to amply amply furnish and contribute nourishment to our faith by doing these things. And this list of things is action. Now listen, get, we are not religiously thinking about this. I've, and we've talked about this. We've run into religious thinking where, well, I, it, do, 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 do. Yes, get it straight in your heart that you are doing these things out of a place, out and from the grace of God that's put on the inside of you, not of your own strength, but you are releasing them, not because it's what you have to do to be right with God, but it's because that's who you are in him, okay? So you got to change your mindset on it. Because you can get into this place of, well, I'm not going to do anything because it's all grace, and then you never do anything, that's not okay. That is not okay, right? And so um, Peter listed seven supplements needed to be fruitful in, not, in life and to not become blinded. How many don't want to be blinded in life? How many want to be fruitful? I do. I certainly do. I want to be fruitful. So uh, faith brings us in line with the character of God, and character, like I said, is a big deal to God. So we talked about adding to our faith, which is a belief, it's a firm conviction, unshakable resolve. We're adding to them these characteristics with intense effort. Intense effort, without laziness, without the mindset and the idea and the attitude of laziness, right? Well, I just don't feel like doing the word today. Well, I just don't feel like walking in love today. Well, I just don't feel like. No, no, we got to stop going by what we feel like 
and put intense effort into what the scripture is asking us to do and the plan and the parameters that it sets forth for us to be fruitful in life. See, I think too many times we have, um, certainly not any of us, right? (laughs) Certainly not. But we get in this, this idea of we're just going through life and we're just bumping along and we're really not, uh, you know, as Proverbs says, um, acknowledge him in all your ways and he'll direct your path. We're really not. We're just kind of bumping along. And then things aren't going quite right and we're wondering why. We are, as Acts says, to live and move and have our being in him. You realize that we can get to the point in life where every decision, now when I say that, you know, filter through, you know, like if you decide you want a donut or you want to eat a steak over a chicken, you get it, get what I'm saying, we're not talking about that, unless you're dealing with something health and the Lord is leading you to eat certain ways. But what I'm saying is, is that every decision that we make in life, if we would just involve him and apply the word of God to that situation, we are told that we will see fruit and not be blinded. But we are comfortable. We live in America. We're comfortable. So it's easy to just go to church on Sunday and then Uh, you know, Monday through Saturday make decisions that we want to make. Now, I understand we're growing in this. We're all developing. We are all at different stages and everything. But I just want you to know that the, uh, the opportunity and the ability and God's grace is available for you to apply to every situation throughout every part of your day. Hallelujah. That is good news for us. We can have some really good days, right? And so um, we are adding to, and remember we talked about um, uh, virtue. Now remember, guys, keep this in mind. We, we have to keep this in our heart, that he has given, his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to uh, life and godliness. We have those things in us already. So you're not trying to come up with the power to, to have virtue, to be in godliness, all of these things. You have those living on the inside of you. That's your new nature. It's just that we are learning how to live from our new nature and not our old nature or what we see on the outside. We are developing life in Christ, who we are in Christ. And so we talked about virtue. You're adding to, with intense effort, to your faith virtue, which we'll just go over these really quick. Valor, excellence, moral excellence. To your virtue, knowledge, spiritual knowledge, experiential knowledge, a term of relationship, awareness, intelligent insight. And you should have these in your note. Notes, if you want them in more detail, you can go listen to last week's message. But you're adding to that self-control, which is self-restraint, mastery over one's entire life, over your temple, or temple, well, that's true too, over your temper, (laughs) over your physical appetites. It is the exact opposite of self-expression and self-indulgence. You're adding to that perseverance, which is endurance, continued effort to do or to achieve something despite difficulties, which is, this is the main place I believe believers get knocked off, is they just, the perseverance, you just got to keep going, right? 
You keep going. You, you keep going despite fail, uh, difficulties, failure, or opposition. It's the action or condition or in instance of persevering steadfastness, the act of continuing to do something even the, though the task is difficult. Godliness, you're adding that with intense effort, and that's the quality or practice of conforming to the word and the leading of God, it's devoutness reflecting the nature of the kingdom of God in the course of everyday life, devotion in action, determination to honor him in all one's conduct, a humble and reverent attitude towards God. We are to put intense effort to these things. And the last two that we're going to talk about today are vital. They are vital. And it is what the Lord is saying to this body right now. If you haven't heard it. And, it. and he will continue to say these things to us. Because without, because your faith works by love. And we're a family here and we're growing together. But in, let's go to uh, verse 9. Uh, no, not verse 9. <coughs> verse 7, excuse me. And verse 7 says, to godliness, you add with intense effort brotherly kindness. And the Lord actually corrected me on something with brotherly kindness, because, um, well, I'll, I'll show you here in a second. But brotherly kindness, so you're to add with intense effort brotherly kindness. Now, notice he puts brotherly kindness and love in there, which means they're not the same thing. They both come from the same place, but they're not the same thing, right? Brotherly kindness, as it says in um, verse 7, is brotherly fondness. It's showing kindness. It is bound by a loyalty and a forbearance. Listen to this. And I couldn't say the word very well. So I decided to go with quirks because it's the same thing. It's a synonym to that, okay? <laughs> Ways of behaving that people think are strange or habits or opinions that are different. So you have forbearance and kindness toward one another. Even though I think the way you do it is different than me, I have kindness towards you. I'm going to show kindness towards you. This is phileo love. It's brotherly. And phileo meaning to love, to approve of, to like, to treat affectionately or kindly, to welcome, to befriend. Now, I used to say, <laughs> I don't have to like you, but I have to love you. Anybody ever heard that? Anybody ever use that besides me? You don't have to raise your hand. I'll be the one who's. <laughs> I don't have to like you, but I have to love you. But right here, this word phileo means to like. We are too petty toward other people. I have been too petty toward other people. Brotherly kindness is to like. To approve of, not everything they do, but to approve of that person. To treat affectionately. This is part of being fruitful 
in your life. And this is part of being able to see clearly and to not be blinded. Brotherly kindness is used many times. I couldn't find a number, but it is used many times in the New Testament. You can go look it up. Life has become, and this is what I believe Peter is dealing with right here, life has become so busy with natural concerns that most believers, listen to this, suffer from a severe deficiency of relationships with their fellow believers. This was never God's plan for the local church, for he designed it to be a place where people's lives could be built together as living stones. His plan was and still is to have a people who demonstrate his covenant nature in their relationships with one another. Brotherly kindness relationships and our culture is this is that we you know in the early church they spent a lot of time together now I'm not saying we're going to have lunch to every together every day or any of this but you realize everybody just look around look at the people around you we are to have relationship with one another in brotherly kindness. Now look around again. You need to like those people. Not just love. I'm, talk, I'm talking like these people. You realize that's a decision that we make. That is from us, our actions towards one another. All of my children are different. They all have their quirks. But I like them all. But you know we do that in our family, but then we come into the church and we say, hmm, I don't really like them. Do we want to be fruitful in here? Let's turn to Romans 12, and we're going to camp on the brotherly, brotherly kindness in this verse right here. Let me say this too, young people in the room. Learn to like, because we got a lot of, oh, I don't, I don't like them. They do this, me, 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 you know what I mean? And there's a lot of hurtful things that happens in the teenage and the, the younger years, because I just don't like you. You are, you are young people of the Most High God. You have kindness toward your peers. Kindness, especially, listen, this is not talking about those in the world. Especially toward those that are in this body with you. It's important. So Romans chapter 12, uh, verse... 10, be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love in honor, 
giving, giving preference to one another. I love how the passion reads this. Listen, be devoted to tenderly loving your fellow believers as members of one family. Try to outdo yourselves in respect and honor to one another. It's a competition. How many are competitive in here? Every single one of you is. Don't tell me you're not. We are working to outdo ourselves in respect and honor to one another. This is a big deal. This is a big deal. It's important. I want you to listen to this. There's going to be some Greek words in here, but this was Rick Renner, and he said it way better than I could say it because he got, I mean, it was straight from heaven. If you do not listen to him, you would enjoy him, I'm sure. The phrases, okay, in verse 12 of Romans here, uh, not verse 12, verse 10, be, or be kindly affectionate and brotherly love are key to understanding the level of relationship that God intends for us to have with our Christian brothers and sisters. The phrase, to be kindly affectionate, Affection is from the Greek word philostorg. I'm not going to even read it. Philo, it's that word. You can look it up on Rick Renner's. Which expresses the idea of love between friends that is authentic, sincere, tender, and warm. This word, philostorgos, is a compound of the words phileo and stergo. The word phileo is friendship. We looked at that. The word stergo is the Greek word that depicts the tender love that should exist between members of a family. But because the words phileo and stergo are joined to form the word philostorgo, you know, that one, it represents two or more friends who love each other just as deeply as if they were the same, were members of the same family. The way that we and I've seen and I've done, that we fight for those in our family, this is telling us that you're supposed to do that with your brother and sister in Christ. When somebody comes to you, listen, when somebody comes to you and says, can you believe what they did over there? Just as you would stand there and represent your family, you stand there and represent your family. Guys, this seems so like, well, yeah, we want to get to the signs and the wonders, and we want to get to, you know, we want to get to the prophecies and the words and the tongues and interpretation. Yeah, we want to get there. You're right. We absolutely do. We want a move of God, and we're seeing God move. But when we want it to increase, and we want him to continually come in here because he sees a people that honors him, these things are important. They're important. <clears throat> the word brotherly love in um, Romans 12.10 is translated from the Greek word Philadelphia, a compound of phileo, which, as noted above, means to love like a friend. The second part of the word is as Adelphus, the Greek word for a brother. When com compounded together, 
it becomes the word Philadelphia, which means to love dearly like a brother. To love dearly like a brother. The next part of that says, in honor, giving preference to one another. In Greek, the word honor expresses the idea of being appraised very highly or considered as very valuable and very, very precious. Do we think that way about one another? Do we talk that way about one another? And listen, we do a great job here. So, I mean, we, we have a lot of love here. I'm very, 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 if I can say that I'm proud of everybody, I am. Because the love of God is here. But this is going into our homes. What are we saying about our brothers and sisters in our homes when nobody's around? When you're not in church on a Sunday when everybody's face is supposed to be perfect. Do you know what I'm saying? This is a big deal. It gives the, this word honor gives the idea of an appreciation so great that you would prefer to see the person you love succeed even more than you want to see your own success. We are, as Pat, the Passion Transla Translation, outdoing one another in honoring and respecting one another. You truly desire the word honor. The very best for this person because you love him or her so deeply. Preferring in that verse, in that, in that uh, 12.10, the word preferring, where it says in honor giving preference, is the Greek word that I'm not going to say, which means to esteem, to admire, to highly respect, to consider and to value very highly. It represents the attitude of a person who values a friend so highly that he deeply desires the very best to come to pass for his friend. Even if it means that his friend is blessed at his own expense, this means there is no room for jealousy or competition where this kind of love abounds. If as brothers and sisters in here, we can't watch God honor somebody and not be jealous, then we're not exercising and walking out what the word says in brotherly kindness and preferring one another. This is not a competition. You realize this, this ugly thing will try to rear its head as the, as the anointing in, continues to increase in this place. And, that, and it, may just, it may be those coming in from outside. It could be other people. Listen, we are going to remain humble and we are going to celebrate with one another who are, who are uh, being honored by the Lord and who are being... Um, promoted or whatever the case is. Listen, you want to stay in that place because God resists the proud, but he gives more grace to the humble. That is where we want to be. I can honestly tell you, and this is just an example, so please hear my heart in this. Sean and I have often said we would rather sit down and just be a help. <laughs> Sometimes, you know? We think that things are so glamorous. Listen, it takes perseverance. 
to run for him. And we have sufficient grace to do so. And when we all get in our place and begin to honor one another and be competitive about it, competitive against yourself, really, competitive about it, about treating each other with respect and honor, God sees that and it pleases him. It pleases him. So really, um, so that preferring, that preference. So really, and this is the way that Rick Renner says this. And now, actually, before I read that part, let me tell you this: we need um, we need that brotherly kindness in our own homes too, because we're married to people. Yes, but we are brothers and sisters in Christ as well. They're part of the family of God. The all, you know what I'm saying? So exercising this stuff at home too. Learning to outdo one another in honor and respect will change your home. It will change your home. It's not all about me. It's not all about you. So Romans 12.10 could read this way when we look at the meanings of these different words. It says, and this is not going to read what your Bible reads, but it's love each other with the same love you have for your family In fact, you should love each other with the same love that is shared between two brothers. The value you place on each other should be so high that it makes you desire to see those you love excel and achieve much in life, even if it means that 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 they excel and achieve more than you do. More than you do. When we get this heart attitude... And this motivation, we will be fruitful. And we will not be blinded. And God will get you where you need to go. Don't worry. He's really good at that. He's the best at that. But if we try to get where we want to go, or try to, remember, it's not all about us. You're going to be like, it's like somebody holding right here, and you're running in place like this, getting nowhere, right? Treadmill, hamster wheel. Nowhere. I don't like treadmills. At all. You run, you sweat, and you get nowhere. Right? (laughs) It's not my favorite. All right? So let's look at the other part of this. We're to add to brotherly kindness love. Now, why is this different? Now, we're adding with intense effort, remember, with all diligence. Love. Love is a supernatural fruit that was deposited into you. It's agape, God love. This is the love that enables you to love your enemies. It is a love that operates by deliberate choice. Which means you don't have to feel like forgiving. You can pull out of the divine fruit on the inside of you and forgive by faith. It's divine. It's agape love. It's a deliberate choice to reach into the love of God that's been shed abroad in your heart and extend it to those around no matter how they treat you. Shed abroad is at large, widely, not confined. So the love that's been put in you is not confined. 
<coughs> excuse me, it's not confined. It's full. It's perfect. It's enough. More than enough. It's supernatural. There is so much capacity to love in you. It's the same capacity as in Romans 5, 8 and John 3, 16. Listen to this. you got to see this. Because sometimes we think, well, I just can't, I just can't forgive that person. I, can't just lo- I just can't love that person. I just can't treat that person well. I just, I just can't. I just can't be um, patient. I just can't be kind. This is just too difficult of a situation. I just can't. The love that's been poured out in you is the same as Romans 5, 8, but Christ proved God's compassionate love for us by dying in our place while we were still lost and ungodly. That is the love that is in you. It is divine. It is supernatural. It's the same love, John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. While we were sinners, God's love was so intense that he moved on our behalf. That is the love that's been shed abroad in your heart with no limit, with no boundary. It's not you get a cup, you get a cup, you get a cup, you get a cup. No, the fullness of God's love has been poured out in your heart. In your heart. Love is completely supernatural. Listen to this. Peter in this, in 2 Peter, uses both brotherly kindness and love to distinguish between that which one can naturally evoke and that which the Spirit enables. That which one can naturally Evoke in that which the Spirit enables, both brotherly kindness and love, phileo and agape. So it's not just about, I just have to love that person, I just have to. No, why don't you do something nice for that person? Why don't you extend the same grace that we do to our own family members? To that person in the body of Christ that is your brother, that is your sister. As we see in 1 Corinthians uh, 8, or 13, what actions love has and what's the, what the results are when you yield to and release his divine, this divine nature of God. Basically, what I've boiled this all down to is... <laughs> Stop being selfish. (laughs) Just stop being selfish. This is the way that God works. See, we think we've got to just me, myself, and mine, and me, and I got to protect me. But it's actually the opposite. When you pour out, who you are in Christ and what God has deposited into you, to your family and to your church family and then to the lost, you will not be depleted. You will actually be full. 
Because you're remaining in the vine. That is the first priority. You are living from the vine. You're living from that place of continually, uh, continual source of life, never-ending life and grace, never-ending. God doesn't end. It's, it's supernatural. It's grace, God's ability. And we get to live from that place. And if we would just stop protecting ourselves, listen, I'm speaking to myself so much, and just show brotherly kindness and the love of God towards our brothers and sisters, he will take care of your needs. You will be fruitful. You will be able to see clearly. Because this, what God is doing, it's not about me. It's not about him, and it's not about you. We get to be there and be a part of it, and God does bless us. Do you understand what I'm saying? We have to keep the focus off, this is about me. Did Jesus ever come and say, this is about me? He laid down his life for us. And then was it, was it Paul? That said, not I that live, but Christ in, live in me and through me. He laid down his life. And which one of those guys said, daily I die to self-life. God has a way of taking care of people that lay down their life. And he does it better than we think we could ever do it. So we got to change our mindset on it. Uh, let's end with this. Second Peter, let's go back there. <clears throat> I hope you understand my heart in this. And believe me, this challenged me probably more than it challenges you guys. I don't know, maybe the same. But if we, if any of us sitting in here think that we don't have an area to grow in this, then we're mistaken. Now, you know, you may not have to grow as much as I do in some areas or whatever, but we all can grow. And I'm looking at people that want to see a move of God. You know, there's so many uh, words that came out years ago and, and even now that, and even I think Brother Hagen talked about <clears throat> that the last move of God would be a culmination of all of the different moves throughout history. Oh, my word. Is that what it was? Yeah, it'll, eclipse them all. it'll eclipse them all. A move of God does not happen by accident. you realize God desires to pour himself out like that more than we even desire to receive it? But he is looking for and he expects his children, his body, to be full of character. 
and to apply the word of God because what is it John 14 says, if you love me, you keep my commandments. And what I've had to tell myself and why I'm sharing it with you and being just as honest with you as I have myself, I need to get over myself. Because it's not about me. It's about what God wants to do through us, through you people, through this city. And we're destined for it. So let's read 2 Peter 1, 8 through 9 real quick. It's the last part of it. For if these things are yours and abound, you will be neither barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. For he who lacks these things is short-sighted even to blindness and has forgotten that he was purged from his old sins. Do you see how important it is to know who you are in Christ? Because what happened here? When you're not living in these things, you're really just forgetting who you are who you are. And I'm looking at a lot of, we're all new creations. We have the Spirit of God in us. We're new. So let's learn to live out of who we are and do it well. And do it well. I'm going to read the, the God's Word translation um, for those verses. If you have these qualities... And they are increasing, verse, this verse 8. It demonstrates that your knowledge about our Lord Jesus Christ is living and productive. If these qualities aren't present in your life, you're short-sighted. And you have forgotten that you were cleansed from your past sins. If you have these qualities and they are increasing. It demonstrates that your knowledge about our Lord Jesus Christ is living and productive. Hallelujah. And remember, you're not trying to come up with the power to do these things. They're already in you. But our job is to yield and put action to what's on the inside of us with intense effort. Amen? Thank you for taking the time to listen today. If you would like more information about Faith Family Church, including service times and location, visit faithfamilybillings.com.